0: Morning, Church. It's good to be here this morning. If by chance, I think it's pretty packed. If, if, if a few of you, if there's like seats in between, you and your neighbors, if you could just scooch in a little bit and make room. I think there's some people standing, or if everyone's got their seat, then then that's fine. Well, good morning. Good to be here this morning. My name's Stephen Elliott. I'm the pastor of High School Ministries here at Grace. And it's always good to be here, it's always a great privilege uh, to, to be here and open God's Word. And um, let me just pray for us really quick before we, before we do that. Father, it uh, really is truly an honor to, to be able to be here. It is a privilege, Lord, um, that we get to be here together as a family, um, as, a, as a body of believers, joining together and and looking at your word together i pray and ask lord that your spirit would move and would speak through your word lord that your uh, spirit would fall on our hearts would would call us to greater discipleship would uh, inspire us would convict us would move us uh, that you alone would be glorified this morning lord we pray this in your name amen uh, well, a few things. Uh, number one, it's really great. I I'm, I'm, was really excited when we decided to um, make this just one church service and when we decided to make this uh, to, for the most part, I know we've got like nursery and two and three-year-olds, but for the most part to not have any uh, like youth or children's ministries this morning and encourage families to be here together. So uh, so younger people and kids, welcome. I'm really glad that you are here. I'm very excited. Um, I know you guys have the fidgets and stuff like that. Feel free to fidget around and move and, and everything. If you feel, don't worry, you know, unless you feel like your parents, like, like gripping the side of your neck, you know, like the moms and dads, like, it looks like you lovingly have your arm around your kids, but really I know you're, like, firmly keeping them in place. But um, but, kids, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Uh, free, uh, you, a lot of you kids have, like, notes and pieces of paper and pens. I encourage you guys, like, some of this stuff might be over your heads. Feel, write questions down and talk to your parents about it later. Ask your parents questions later about today's message. Um, it's a great way to like stem conversation. Parents, I would encourage you, actually, um, don 't make this the only Sunday where you 're bringing your kids to kids to services this is This is a great way for you to have and keep those conversations going beyond Sunday morning at nine o 'clock um, and you might think, ah, maybe some of this stuff is is over their heads or beyond them um, that that 's okay when they were really little you are probably having conversations and the doctors probably told you, like, have the conversations with them. Have conversations around them. A lot of those things are gonna be over their head, but they will be picking up on things rapidly as you have those, you know, full-on adult conversations, use words that are above their heads and things like that because they pick up on those things. Well, I'd say the same thing is true here at church. Um, is even though some of these words and, and some of the things we're going to be talking about and maybe unpacking might be over their heads, that's okay. They're going to be picking up on these things and so it's important that we get them, that we get them here in church. Um, if you have your Bibles, by the way, open up to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12... One through eleven. Uh, it dawned on me as I was—I was really excited to be to have the opportunity and the privilege to to preach this morning. Uh, it occurred to me as I was looking at the calendar, I realized, "Hey, oh, wait, wait a minute! This is the last Sunday of the year. That's it. That's great. That's exciting. Um, you know, there's a lot that we can use as we kind of look into the next year. And you know, we we often use this time. We we think through the year, the, the past year. We try to think through the future and you know, a lot of times we try to be more intentional about the future and make decisions and resolutions. And then I looked at the calendar and realized, wait a minute, this isn't just the last Sunday of the year. This is the last Sunday of the decade. And that's crazy. It, like, we're, we're going to be in a new decade next year. We're going to in the last... Ten years ago, right? Uh, some of you little ones weren't even alive ten years ago. So, uh, and so I started, you know, looked at the the great all-knowing internet, and started. Th- I, I looked up what was going on in 2010 in the world, and in, in our in our country, and things like that. Uh, here were some things that were going on in 2010. Uh, the Winter Games were going on in Vancouver, Canada. The Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. Uh, movies that came out in 2010, there was a lot, but some of them, Toy Story 3, Inception, Iron Man 2. Wow, a lot of superhero movies have come out in, in the last 10 years since that one. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one. Didn't know there was two parts to those movies. Uh, this was big news, Simon Cowell left American Idol in 2010. Uh, Oh, this is an important one. One Direction was formed. (laughs) Apparently that's (laughs) important. Ruthie, I knew you'd laugh at that one. Um, uh, Also something I didn't know, the 54-year run of As the World Turns airs its final episode in 2010, wow. And the world kept going, and (laughs) the world kept turning. (laughs) Uh, Downton Abbey premiered, or as it's properly pronounced, Downtown Abbey. (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, the Lakers beat the Celtics in the NBA championships. The Giants beat the Rangers in the World Series. Uh, Prince William got engaged to Kate Middleton in 2010. I don't know if that was, those were characters in Downtown Abbey or not, I'm not sure, but <laughs> kidding. Uh, this shows you how much has changed. SpaceX became the first private company to successfully launch, orbit, and recover a satellite. Wow, they have made a lot of progress in 10 years. A lot of things, and a lot more, obviously, took, happened in 2010 and in the 10 years since then. Um, but think about that. Where were you 10 years ago? What were you doing? What was your job? Maybe you didn't have jobs. Maybe you were students, and now you have, like, maybe a lot has changed. Maybe you've had a lot of, you know, like, gone from being a student to having a career and married and maybe having kids in the last 10 years. A lot has happened. Um, who was alive in 2010, who wasn't, and who is here now. So these times a year, we always tend to look back, but we also look forward. Uh, so think about this. The last Sunday of, 2000, of the 2020s is going to be December 30th, 2029. And none of us can predict this. This is obviously something we've been saying a lot coming out of the James series. We always use the phrase, if God wills it, and so we don't know. But where will you be in 2029? How old will you be in 2029? Don't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. But where will you be? How old will your kids be? Maybe you just have kids. Maybe in, 20, in 10 years, it's likely you'll be a grandparent in, in 10 years or maybe a great-grandparent in 10 years. Maybe you'll be married and have kids of your own in 10 years. There is a lot that's going to, take place over the next 10 years. And these times we always try to think about being more intentional about the next year. And in our case, I would say probably a lot of us are thinking through, okay, in the next 10 years, I wanna be more intentional about this thing in my life. This morning, I want us to think through the, the topic and the discussion and look at this text in 1 Corinthians and talk about spiritual gifts. Talk about the things that God has given us for His glory and for His kingdom, because I I want to encourage and challenge us in the next year, in the next ten years, I want to I want to call us to be more intentional about using His gifts for His glory. And in Matthew 25, Jesus tells this parable about these three servants, and He says He gives each of them a, a sum of money. Um, in the 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 term, and if you've got your Bibles, is a talent. It's a it's a measurement of money. Um, and he, he gives him a, a certain amount of money and he says, This is my money that I am giving you, and you invest it and you use it for me and for for my you know for my wealth and for my good, and I am gonna go away and I am gonna come back. And when I come back, you are gonna have to give an account. You're gonna have to answer for how you use my money for my benefit. And the the parable is is really simple, it's you know, it's it's pretty straightforward in that. We are those servants, and he has given us things to use for his kingdom and his glory, and we have to give an account. I, I don't want to be <coughs> excuse me, morbid or anything, but the fact is, is in this room, it's likely, it is possible that some here in the next 10 years will actually be with the Lord. And one of, some of us in this room will possibly in the next 10 years have to give an account for how we used the things that he has given us for his glory and for his kingdom. And so let's be intentional about doing those things. And I think that there is a, a lot to be said about the gifts and the abilities that God gives us uh, in this text in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, I'm going to give you just a quick little background to the text, and then we're going to jump into it. Uh, in in Corinth, the Corinthian church, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of problems and issues, and Paul is writing to deal with a lot of those issues. Um, a, a number of issues was just the way they were functioning when they got together, when they met communally like like this. There was they were just kind of a mess. Um, they were they were doing a lot of things and they were having a lot of problems. And Paul writes to address a number of those issues, and one of those issues was this this idea of gifts. Because in this church, um, a lot of a lot of the 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 Corinthian believers some were had more visible upfront gifts like 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 speaking or teaching um, there was the, the the topic of the gift of tongues and things like that. those were more visible gifts, and they were in a sense saying because they had the more visible gifts, they were superior to those with with less visible gifts, gifts of service, and kind of behind-the-scenes things, and uh, things that weren't so obvious and clear for everybody to see. And so they were saying that because they had these upfront gifts, they were better, they were more spiritual. Maybe they weren't always saying that clearly and outright, but there was a lot of uh, division in the community of believers, and it um, it was causing division, but it was also causing some to kind of fabricate more visible gifts. It was causing some in the church to to try to fake having these visible gifts because they wanted to they wanted to feel superior and they you know they were they wanted to kind of get the, the accolades of from from the church as well. And so so Paul is writing to deal with this issue and to address the topic of um, of gifts and to try to explain the the purpose of the gifts and the source of the gifts and trying to um, stop this division. Um, in, in, the, in the community. Um, so if that, that's, that's a little bit of background before we jump into this text. And the last thing, when I talk about gifts, um, I'll use gifts, talents, abilities. A lot of those words are kind of synonymous with each other. But basically, um, it's, the, it's the ability, the talents, the strengths that God has given, um, that, are, that are given by God to individual Christ followers for the sake of serving him and serving his church. And so for some people, they, they just have natural gifts and abilities and talents. And some people, um, some, some gifts are given when they come to Christ. But, but it's, it's things, that, things that people are passionate about, p- things that people are good at, um, and, and there are things that the Spirit uses to make the, the body of believers stronger. Um, Paul, is, Paul is talking specifically about the issue of gifts here. But as I've, as I've looked at this and I've studied it, I think, I think the application could be made that it's, it's, any, it's any kind of thing that a, that a believer has at their disposal, so any kind of ability or resource that a believer has, and Paul is ca- really calling all of us to use it for God and to use it for his glory. Um, so again, I'm gonna be talking about gifts, but I think any kind of resources is, um, is, is applicable. So with that in mind... 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. I've got it. Um, oh, there we go. I forgot to advance that slide. Um, this is from the New Living Translation. Um, a lot of you young people probably have that translation in front of you. It's a great, easy-to-read, accurate translation. I, I like it a lot and usually use it to teach in high school ministry. And so um, we're going to be uh, speaking from the New Living Translation, but if you've got an ESV or something else in front of you, that, that works too. <clears throat> Paul says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives gives great faith to another. And to someone, else, one, to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which which gift each person should have. If you're you're taking notes this morning, I'd encourage you to. The the main point, kind of the, the big idea that I want us to get this morning is that God has completely equipped our church to inspire Christlikeness. God has completely equipped our church to inspire Christlikeness. You see, what, what Paul is trying to drive home to the Corinthians, the, the big idea that he wants them to get and to understand is that he's trying to say, church, it is not about you. You're, you're taking these gifts and you're making them about yourself. You're making them so that you can get you know, the, the praise. But it is about praising Jesus. It is about inspiring Christ-likeness, not me likeness or you likeness. It is about inspiring Christ likeness. And God has equipped our church for that purpose alone. God has given us all of these gifts, not so that you can get the praise, not, not for the sake so that there can be division and jealousy and bitterness and fighting and, and fake gifts and, you know, and, and all of these things. He has given each one of us these abilities for the purpose of inspiring Christ likeness. I don't know if you have ever um, purchased a piece of furniture from like Costco or Walmart or uh, years ago when we moved into our house, we bought, a, we, like, we, we bought a desk at Costco and we looked at like this little kind of section, this corner of our house and we're like, oh, th- this desk will fit perfectly, it'll be great, it matches, awesome, let's buy it. And you know, you see the picture and you, it shows the measurements and you like measure it out. And you're like, oh, this is great. Uh, like that, that, that'll look perfect. Then you buy it. And it shows up, what is like this massive piece of furniture shows up in like one box, and it weighs like a thousand pounds. And you, you like wheel it into your house. And, and it, by the way, some of you are like super handy, and you're like, oh, no problem, no. You, you guys stink. I am not like that. I, I am this guy in this picture, right? Uh, I like open up this box, and literally, I would spin, I, I would come home from work and just. Take on you know and and the book and the instruction manual is in twenty languages and it looks like this, and you you, you open it up and I I would spend I, I probably spent three or four nights I would come home from work and just start like working on this desk and you know you're like oh my goodness but in the instruction manual it says it says you know, it'll tell you maybe possibly a few tools that you need, like a screwdriver and a hammer or something like that. But everything else it gives you, it gives you like the little bitty Allen wrench that you have to like, and you like put this massive desk together with this thing. But you, you look, think from the outside looking, you're like, there is not a desk in this box or there is not a sofa here, but you unpack it. You sure enough. And they give you all the like, to the number of screws you need. They give you like the right number of everything. Have you ever lost one? Like you're dropping, you're like, oh shoot, now, like, now my desk is gonna fall apart. Uh, but, but you look at it on the outside and you're like, there's no way that there's a desk in here. But you start unpacking it and you look at it, and you're like, sure enough, everything I need is contained somehow miraculously within this little box. And if you ever have to send it back, there is like, there's no way you're getting it back in the box, right? But again, it, it shows up completely equipped. We are like that, right? We are the church, and from the outside looking, in, you might think, like, look at this weird hodgepodge of people coming from different backgrounds and different, like, statuses and, and, and all of these things, but what Paul is saying is through the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to be a community of believers that inspires Christ-likeness in the world around you. I came across this cartoon I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I love this. wooden table. Some assembly required and a log falls out. <laughs> some of you out there would actually look at that and be like, oh yeah, I could, I could make a table out of that and, and you, you can. You guys are proving the point that there are some gifted and amazing people in this, in this group. So I want to, with that in mind, let's walk through this text. So keep your Bibles open. I hope you have, have kept your Bibles open in front of you, or if you've got it on your phone, keep it out in front of you. Um, verses 1 through 3, I want to just unpack what Paul is trying to say in this text, and then I want us to, to, to draw some applications from it. So verses 1 through 3 is, um, the, the big idea, I think, what Paul is trying to say there is that the presence of the, uh, the, presence of the Spirit means that Jesus is glorified. That, that where the Holy Spirit is present and active and working, and where the believers, where the church is walking in the Spirit, if that is happening, Jesus is glorified. Um, you know, we don't know the specific circumstances, why Paul is saying what he's saying in verses, like in verse 3, uh, where he says, uh Oh, I was mentioning the wrong chapter. Oh, uh, he says, I want you to know when the speaking in the spirit will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The The thought, kind of the idea, what a lot of scholars think is that, that there were a lot of kind of idol worshipers, there were a lot of non-believers in this community and they were perhaps making the church think that they were speaking by the same Holy Spirit um, and, and that had the church concerned. And so the thought is that Paul is addressing that specific issue. But, but basically what he's trying to drive home, the idea that he's trying to drive home to the churches is, is don't worry about that. Where the Spirit is at work, where the presence of the Spirit is, Jesus is going to be glorified. Pastor John would say, said this a lot when we were going through our series in the book of Acts. He would say, when the Spirit is present, Jesus is prominent. When the Spirit is present, Jesus is prominent, and I liked I like that I liked that saying. I thought that was uh, that really kind of summarizes what Paul is trying to say here. So That's verses one through three, verses four through six, and then in, in eight through eleven. Uh, it, again, if you're taking notes, is what he's trying to say is that the different gifts come from the same source, the Holy Spirit. He's trying to say that for, that the different gifts. The the wide variety of gifts that we all possess, gifts and abilities that we possess, they all have the same source, and it's the Holy Spirit. He's he's really trying to do two things. The the big thing that he's trying to do, he's trying to squash the two extremes that have have caused this conflict in the church. Um, He's trying to eliminate the pride of those with these visible gifts, these more upfront gifts, uh, these people with these upfront gifts that a lot of people saw, he's trying to just eliminate their pride, thinking somehow like these gifts are given to me because I really deserve them, because I am really spiritual, because I walk a little closer to Jesus than you. And so therefore he entrusts me with these more visible gifts that you can all see. And, you know, you should be jealous of how amazing I am. That, that's what he's trying to, he's trying to squash that pride. But then he's also trying to boost and encourage The believers who have more behind-the-scenes gifts. He's trying to restore the value of those with less visible gifts. He's trying to, and he's trying to keep jealousy and 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 pride and division from from taking root in this church because it's it's driving this church. He does this in many. uh, He does this by. In, in many different ways, he, he kind of repeats, he's a classic preacher. He says something, and then he says it again and again and again in multiple different ways uh, in, in, this, in this chapter. But he's, he's trying to illustrate over and over that no matter where the person's gifts come from, they, uh, or no matter what the person's gifts are, I should say, they all come from the same source, the Holy Spirit, uh, and that they're given sovereignly by him. Uh, Matt Chandler said this, uh, he's he's a pastor in Dallas, Texas, and he says, says, in the kingdom of God, nobody walks with a strut and nobody walks with a limp. In the kingdom of God, nobody walks with a strut and nobody walks with a limp. I like that phrase a lot, and I I think that really summarizes what what Paul is trying to say in, in this section about these gifts, is that just because you have a, an ability to speak in front of people or, or just because that's not your thing and you're a more behind-the-scenes servant, maybe you're that guy that can take a, a block of wood and turn it into an amazing table, but nobody often sees that, that does not mean that you are less valued in the kingdom. And just because you are more upfront, that does not mean that you are more, uh, more valuable in the kingdom because all of your gifts and abilities are given sovereignly by the Holy Spirit, and you, there is no room for pride. There is no room for gloating or strutting uh, in the kingdom. Uh, Paul, Paul drives this point home at three different points in this chapter. In verses four through six, he's, he's restating three different times, uh, in three different ways, who has equipped. The work that to happen. Um, and there's also, there's also an illustration within this statement. If you, um, let me go back to the, I should have put this in there again. Um, let me go back to the, to the text. If you look at it, in verses four through six, there's actually a Trinitarian, and Paul is actually referencing the Trinity here in this text. If you, if you look at it, he says, um, there's different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. Is the source. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And so, he, firstly, in, verses, in verse four, he talks about the Holy Spirit. He references the Holy Spirit. In verse five, he references the same Lord, which throughout the New Testament is, is the reference for Jesus. And in verse six, he says God, which is often in the New Testament the, the reference to the Father. Uh, he says God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work. So, what he is trying to say within driving home the point that all of your gifts and abilities come from the Holy Spirit. He is also using the Trinity as an illustration to say, there within the Trinity, there is perfect unity. There is different there is the, the different roles within the Godhead, but even within these different roles, there is perfect unity. There is perfect love within the Godhead. There is no, there is no division. There is no animosity. Uh, there, is, there is a oneness. In fact, that there is the, the, the one and only God. Uh, and so he says, he says, church, do the same thing. Uh, so here, I'll scoot back forward. Zoop, 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 zoop. There we go. Uh, then in verses, also in verses 12 through 31, we haven't read that, but in verses 12 through 31, Paul gives this beautiful illustration of the, the physical body. And he says, within this, this one body, there are many different parts that do different things. And none of those parts within your physical body are, are jealous of the other, none of your d- different parts would be better off if they were all by themselves your body would actually be a mess if they were all one thing like a giant eyeball or a giant ear or a hand or something like that he says that that would be a mess your body works in unity he says the godhead works in unity. your body works in unity church get with the program do the same thing work together enjoy your different gifts but but work together and then in verses 8 through 11 uh, Paul Paul gives a list of some of the gifts, and this is not an exhaustive list of gifts here. Uh, this is uh, this is you know kind of a summary, and really he's kind of addressing the gifts that they were having that were causing the most problems in the church. Uh, this is not an exhaustive gift uh, list of gifts. There's other lists of gifts in the New Testament, in Ephesians four seven through thirteen, Romans twelve three through eight. 1 Peter 4, 11, um, there's, there's different gifts that are, that are listed in the New Testament. So this is not an exhaustive list of gifts. Finally, in verse seven, and this is, this is really, like, like this is the point. If you were to summarize chapter 12 into one verse, it would be verse seven. Uh, this, is, this is what he is trying to get them to understand is that all believers are gifted to serve their local church. He is not saying all believers are gifted to serve themselves. All believers are gifted for their own kingdom and their own glory. He says the believers are gifted to serve one another, to serve in their local church. The things that God gives you are not so that you can promote yourself or that you can be served or so that you can be entertained. They are so that you can serve and help the family of believers. And this is the big idea that Paul's trying to drive home. And in 1 Peter 4 <coughs> Excuse me. In 1 Peter 4:10 God says uh, Peter says, "God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well. Do you guys catch that? Use them well to serve one another." We must be telling ourselves, "What have I been given?" What has God in his grace and mercy sovereignly equipped me with? And I think, again, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, so this is like your talents and abilities, but I would say this is your resources as well. Um, you know, What do you have at your disposal? We need to be asking ourselves, what, what can I do? What do I have? What am I able to, to, to do and to accomplish? How can I now use that for the kingdom? One example I think of, there's, there's a, 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 a group of guys here at church that um, are, you know, within the last few years have retired, um, still strong, still, you know, very capable. And they are like a group of people, and I, I always see them just buzzing around the church from time to time at the, at the, the North Campus and at our South Campus, um, you know, doing different projects, doing tasks. They, they've been people that I've been able to you know, call on from time to time. Uh, the, the women's dinner, for example, that, that was here. We had to move hundreds of chairs out of here, and there were some guys, some retired people who gave them a call. They're like, yeah, sure, I'll be down there at six in the morning. Yeah, I'll, I've been up for like an hour and a half. Uh, no problem. I'll be there. You know, they're, they're here, poop 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 poop, crank it out, done. That's, they have the ability of time, and they have the, the heart to use that for the kingdom. That's, that's I think, the bigger idea of what Paul is driving home there is not only do you have this physic, you know not only do you have this talent or this, uh, this gift that the spirit has giving you, but you now have time. And how can I use that resource for the kingdom? And that's what we need to all be asking ourselves. So some, some applications I want us to, to draw you can These aren't notes, if you want to just write these down on the back. You, you can, if you'd like to. Um, a few quick applications. Number one: look for needs and ways to fill them. Look for needs and ways to fill them. Look around the church, ask, you know, what are needs? And maybe, maybe you might think like, oh, I don't, again, like, like if, a, if a block of wood or if like a, you know, if a, if a log was to roll out of a, a box that says someone's simply required, I would just, I'd be like, ah, I'll just sit on the stump. <laughs> I'm not, I can't, I can't build that. But there, there are some of you that are like, ah, no problem. Um, so, so maybe you don't have the ability to fill the need, but maybe you know who does. Maybe you don't necessarily have that gift, but you see the need and you have the, the way to connect the, the person with the gift and the need. So just, just look, look around for needs and ways to fill them. Um, again, driving, driving this idea home, it's not just a gift, it's a resource. Maybe you have the, the gift of, of a truck and you can like help move things uh, maybe you have the the gift of a backyard with a pool uh, i, I can 't tell you the, the number of times in the summer uh, we do what we call our, our summer swim study um, and it's pretty self-explanatory, what we do with, with the high school group. Um, and, you know, all these teenagers have bombarded these people's backyard. Then the, I feel so bad always. It's like the pool is kind of like, the pool definitely changes. It kind of turns like milky white after, after like 60 high school students have been swimming in And I usually like go to the couples and, or the families and I'm like, thank you so much for letting us use your backyard. I'm really sorry. And they're and almost always, I've, I can't count the number of times people have said, that's why we built this place. That's why we put this pool in it and have this yard. We wanted to use it for the, for the kingdom. We wanted to use it for the ministry. That's, that is the, uh, having a resource and using that for the kingdom. Um, a backyard with a pool, etc. Maybe, again, maybe you have the gift of time, and maybe you don't have a truck or the ability to build things, but maybe you have time. Do you know what an amazing thing that you can do, probably the most important thing that you can do for the kingdom is you can pray. Maybe you can walk around and just ask people like, hey, I can't lift things anymore. I, don't, I can't drive. I don't have a backyard with a pool, but I spend a lot of time with the Lord. What can I be praying for? Honestly, that's probably the most important thing. Out of everything, that's the most powerful thing because as Paul is saying here, it's the spirit that does the work. It's not me. It's not you. It's the spirit that does the work. And if we're not coming to him begging him to work in and through us, begging the spirit to change lives, then we're, then we're just spinning our wheels. Then we're not doing, then we can't, you know, we're, we're just, yeah, we're just spinning our wheels. Number two, another, another application. Determine your gifts by praying, asking, looking, and doing. Determine your gifts by praying, asking, looking, and doing. In other words, maybe you think, like, I don't know, like, really what my spiritual gifts are. You know what we often tell people um, here is just look for a need, jump in, and start serving. Just start doing something. Find out where there is a need. Maybe, you know, there's, like, maybe there's a need in the cafe, or maybe there's a need in children's, or something like that. Just jump in and start serving and helping you might find that you love it, and that you're good at it, and that you're passionate about it. Or you might find like, oh, this definitely isn't for me. Like, oh, like, don't really love this. You know what? Fulfill your commitment, and then, and then move on to the next thing. But don't stop doing, don't stop looking, um, and don't stop uh, you know, just, just searching out for where you are spiritually gifted. Go to some of the leaders, some of the pastors or overseers in different departments and just say like, hey, I have this. Do you know where I could, could would it fit somewhere with what is going on? Um, ask where am I gifted? How can my gifts help the, serve the church and glorify Jesus? I just recently watched the, re-watched the movie Defiance. It's been around for a while, but it's, 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 it's a true story and it's about um, Tuvia, I'm gonna butcher it because I'm not Polish. Bielski. Uh, he was a Polish Jew living in Belarusia during the, the start of World War II. These were sweeping through, uh, going east and, and rounding up Jews. And he was, he was Jewish and uh, just kind of through a series of circumstances, he and his brothers kind of formed this community out in the woods to to avoid uh, to to avoid being captured by the by the Nazis. And over time, this community forms, and more and more people start coming in and there 's this one scene in the movie where this 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 kind of elderly man goes up to to them, and you know they, they they are able to gather some guns and just to kind of form this defense in their community and this This elderly man kind of goes up to him and he says uh, you know, and he's asked like, what do you do? He goes, I'm a watchmaker. And they kind of, some of the guys asking the questions are like, okay, what good can he do? You know, they kind of give each other the look like, what can you do here? And and Daniel Craig's character, Tuvia, he, he says, he looks at him. He goes, "Can you fix guns?" The guy goes, "Like I don't know." And he, he hands him this gun. He goes, "Like this, this part doesn't work, and you know we haven't been able to fix it." And so he hands him the gun, and the guy just pulls it apart. He looks at the little pieces and pa 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 pa. And he goes, "Here you go. It's fixed." And then one of the guys, he smirks at the, the guy that was kind of like, "Oh yeah, a watchmaker." What you? He goes, "You have a new occupation." Uh, and you see that's 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 kind of illustrates the idea that we all have a role here, folks. We all can do something, and you know maybe what you do in the you know, as your job, maybe there's some way that that can connect here at church. Uh, so determine where your gifts are by praying, asking, looking, and doing. And number three, exercise your gifts intentionally, joyfully, and faithfully. Exercise your gifts intentionally, joyfully, and faithfully. Kids, Christmas was a few days ago. How long before you ripped into one of those presents? That present that you open, you're like, yes, I got it. How long did you wait until you ripped into it? Is it like still in your room waiting to be unwrapped or like waiting to be un- like opened up? No, not even close. You probably like ripped it open and parts went everywhere and your parents were like, ah, what if we have to return that Or You know, I, <laughs> I was helping one of my nephews. He was, like, he was like ripping it, you know, it's like wired in. He's like. In his mind, he's like, I'm going to rip through the wire. And I'm like, hold on, you're going to break the present, right? Like, you, and you, let's be honest, kids, your parents are the same way. They were like that too. They, they, were, they were like, oh, yes, I got this. You're like, oh, finally, I'm now playing with it, right? Like, we get that present and we can't wait to get to it and like use it and start playing with it. It's amazing, right? And how many of us have these spiritual gifts that God has these amazing abilities and we're just like, eh, I'll use it once a month, like my one Sunday a month that I, that I serve, like I'll use it. It's just going to sit in the corner. Guys, folks, no, let's, let's use our gifts passionately, faithfully, with eagerness, with a, with a longing to serve the kingdom. Exercise your gifts intentionally, joyfully, and faithfully. (coughs) Excuse me. Last thing I want to address really quick, and then we'll, we'll finish. Final thought, lack of gifting is never an excuse to ignore a need. Lack of gifting is never an excuse to ignore a need. Paul and Peter, talking about gifts, they, they say to, to serve with your gifts and they push the community to serve with their gifts. They never say serve only within your gifts. They, they never say only meet the needs that your gifts are able to meet the the bigger message of the new testament is that church look for the needs and just fill them if there is a need jump in you might not be the best at it but if the need is being met through the holy spirit great things can happen god can do amazing things so lack of gifting is never an excuse to ignore a need as I thought back over the last 10 years, and there's gonna be just, just one application, there's countless ways that you can apply this. And so don't think I'm just talking about this, this one issue. There's lots of ways to apply this. As I as thought back over the last 10 years at this church, I thought oh, a, lot, a, lot things, a lot of things have changed, needs have come and went. I would say probably the number one need that I have noticed consistently, that is every year, is a struggle is a need for workers in children's ministries it seems like every fall we are like begging people like just just maybe one sunday a month if you could just fill like teach one sunday a month that would that would allow this class to be opened up look at the kids around you in fact kids if you i don't want to embarrass you guys if you would be willing could you like stand up just where you're at if you if you if you're really small, you could even stand on your chair. <laughs> look around, even young, even teenagers, high schoolers, junior hires, stand up real quick. Take a look, take, 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 take a look. Uh, holy cow! There is a lot of you. Look around. In ten years, in ten years, what will these young people be doing for the kingdom? Will they be walking with the Lord? I I don't know, only the Lord knows that. But if they don't have adults who are intentionally, faithfully, purposefully, consistently discipling them and pouring into their lives and telling them about Jesus and modeling that, what will it look like if this room is this much more empty? If, If these young people are out in the world on Sunday morning, December 30th, 2029. Where will these young people be? You guys can sit down. Thanks so much. Sorry to embarrass you. Where will they be if we stop telling them about Jesus? Some of these young people will be married and will have kids of their own. Will they be discipling their kids like you and I were discipling them? Or will they say, you know what? It's really, it's really not important to tell you about Jesus because, you know, I just had glorified babysitters, you know, all, all in my children's ministry. Folks, ten years will be here. Two thousand ten seemed like yesterday, didn't it? It feels like we blinked and this decade was gone. We're going to blink again, and in another ten years will be here. Will where will these young people be? Let's get intentional about using our gifts to pour into the next generation and to grow this church. Let me pray for us. Father, you have, you have given us gifts, each and every one of us. Father, help us, forgive us for, for so many times when we've just neglected those things. Um, Lord, going into this next year, going into this next decade, let us be intentional about using them, not for our glory, but for yours alone. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.